you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 237 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, let's talk about the A's rotation to start the season. Chris Bassett was named the opening day starter, but what should the order look like behind him? Also, the Astros announced their rotation to start the season. So who will be going up against the A's in their first series that starts next week? You guys, baseball season is almost here. Uh, before I get into any of that stuff, though, please follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockdownAthletics at gmail.com. Also, I am at by Jason B on the Locker Room app. I'll be going live this weekend, probably on Sunday uh, evening. So uh, if you want to chat, feel free to download the Locker Room app and uh, we can chat on Sunday. So I got a fantasy draft at one and then everything after that is open. <laughs> and just one other thing before I uh, get into the actual episode is uh, yesterday's episode, I talked to Amelia Schimmel, the A's brand new public address announcer. We had a lovely 20 minute talk. She is fantastic. Listen to that, that episode. It is uh, one of my favorite pieces of this podcast that I've ever done. Uh, so if only for the reason that I'm proud of it, uh, give it a listen. It was fantastic. She's great. You're going to love her by the end of it. Uh, I asked her some bonkers questions questions and she rolled with it. And uh, I very much appreciate that. So also give her a follow at uh, Schimmel Amelia on Twitter if you feel like it. Um, she's also on Instagram. I don't remember that one off the top of my head, but uh, let's get into today's episode though. And let's start with Chris Best getting the nod for opening day. And he definitely deserved it after the season that he had in 2020. He saw 63 innings and held a 229 ERA during the regular season. Then his performance in game two of the wildcard series against Chicago kept the A season alive. They advanced for the first time since 2006. So uh, thank you to Chris Bassett on that one. This spring, Chris Bassett is stayed sharp, allowing single runs in his first two Cactus League uh, outings before allowing one hit in three and two thirds against the Angels last Saturday. He was scheduled to start against the Dodgers on Friday night, but uh, we got we got a treat instead. I'll go over that a little bit later. Uh, but the A's decided to have him through a sim game instead because his spot in the rotation comes up to face the Dodgers in just a couple of weeks, so they didn't want to give the Dodgers any extra information on uh, what his pitches are looking like this close to win games actually count, so uh, they could throw away today's result, which they're not going to. Uh, Cole Irvin shut the Dodgers down, like a bunch of regulars too. Again, I'm going over that a little bit more in the second segment, so stay tuned for that. Uh, typically, starters are using their final spring start to refine some pitches to get ready for opening day, and they're no longer really working on anything. They're not maybe, you know, trying to throw more change-ups or whatever, but uh, you don't want to do that against this Dodgers team. They're a very smart bunch. They have all of the gadgets at their ballpark, so uh, holding out Bassett was a smart move by the A's, and uh, the A's also announced on Friday that Mike Fires will officially start the season on the injured list, which leaves open that rotation spot that we've been speculating about on the pod for the past couple of weeks. 
Uh, also, in rotation news, Frankie Montas left his start early on Thursday, and with Amelia being on the pod yesterday, I have not been able to talk about that. If you missed the news, he basically uh, ripped his cuticle on his right middle finger. Uh, there was some blood involved. He was wiping out his uh, on his pants. Hopefully, uh, he can be in the rotation for his first turn uh, against either the Dodgers or the Astros, depending on where he is slotted in the rotation. Uh, personally, I think that he should be the number five starter just to give him those extra few days to rest up and recoup. He should probably be the number three overall, but it doesn't really matter where you're slotted this early in the season. Um, and why not have him face the Dodgers? Screw it. One less start against the Astros isn't going to hurt him because he's going to face the Astros a few times. So throw him against the Dodgers. See what he's got. And obviously I'm saying this only if he's healthy and ready to go. I, I don't want him to just push him out there and hopefully his you know, fingers stay intact for the entire game. No, no. If he's doing fine, then let him throw on that fifth day. Give him those extra couple of days from where he probably would have been starting if he had been completely healthy to start the season. So that's where I see that one going is Frankie Montas as the fifth starter. If he's good to go once the season starts, we, we should know more in the next couple of days uh, at, at the very latest by the end of the Giants series, which is Monday, Tuesday, this or next week. So uh, that'll be when we should be getting more rotation news, or the official rotation news. Today, I'm speculating on what could happen with a couple uh, one to two spots being open. So let's take a look at how the rotation could look. Alex Coffey of The Athletic is reporting the, the tentative first three starters are Chris Bassett, Jesus Luzardo, and Sean Manaya. but Manaya's place in the rotation could change depending on uh, the health of Frankie Montas. Um, if Montas is healthy, I think that it would be an easy call to slot him fifth in order, as I've been saying, slot him fifth in order to give him more time to heal up. Sure, his first start would be against the Dodgers, but by giving him those extra couple of days, you're you're banking on keeping him healthier for the duration of the season. Um, it, as long as he's, again, close to healthy. Obviously, the Astros games are big games in terms of the division, which could come down to a game or two by the, by the time all is said and done, but... If Frankie Montas is going to be missing, you know, a few starts, then that hurts the A's overall. That hurts more than the one game that they could potentially drop to the Astros. So uh, holding Montas out for a game or two or even a start or two if you need to, then I think that that would pay dividends longer term for the A's uh, for the 2021 season and their odds at winning the ALS. So keeping Montas out for a couple of games, I think that that's fine. Um, with the first series against the Astros being a four-gamer, that means that starters one through four face Houston at the Coliseum to start the year, and then five, one, and two face the Dodgers in Oakland before uh, this the third series of the season. Uh, the third series is going to be against the Astros, this time with the three, four, and five starters going for the A's. So in that respect, where you place guys kind of matters. Uh, who do you want facing the Astros twice? Honestly, I would have legitimately considered having Luzardo be the third starter so that he could get two starts against the Astros because those games mean just a little bit more in terms of the AL West race. Um, it, he, sure, he's going to face the Dodgers once and then uh, he'll face the Astros a whole bunch of other times throughout the course of the season. But uh, with you know nine or seven games up front against the Astros, Maybe that plays a little bit of sway. Maybe if they go, you know, five and two against the Astros, they get that little cushion early. That could play a big role in uh, the season overall. Or maybe it lights a fire into the Astros once they start facing more inferior competition because the A's cream of the crop, obviously. <laughs> so it, it's going to be interesting to see where the A's place their starters in the grand scheme of things with so much at play here because the A's are not starting off, you know, facing the Tigers who they do get, I think the fourth series or something like that at the season, maybe the fifth. 
By which I mean, they're not facing like the quote-unquote bottom feeders in the American League. And there's plenty of teams that aren't necessarily trying to win. But they're facing uh, the current World Series champions and then their toughest competition in 2021. And it's going to be interesting to see how the front office and Bob Melvin put this one together to start the season. Because, uh, you know, best laid plans and all that stuff. But real quick, I got to take a quick break. Uh, I'm going over all of the permutations that we could be seeing in just one minute. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Baseball is less than a week away, you guys. BetOnline even offers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine, and BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. All you gotta do to sign up is head on over to their website website, or you can use your mobile device to sign up too. And when you sign up, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED on that is l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on and uh just use the promo code you get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit and that is why everybody's saying that bet online are your online sportsbook experts Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts like Jason Burke himself. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. Also, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Uh, I'm trying to set up more interviews by the day. Uh, so if you liked the Amelia Schimmel interview, uh, hopefully have more of those coming up. I interviewed Cole Irvin. Uh, if you watched his outing on Friday and you haven't heard that talk, he is fantastic. Go back in our feed a couple of weeks, listen to both parts of that. He talked to me for an hour for no reason. I'm just me. And uh, so Cole Irvin's that dude. And uh, he is pitching like that, dude. So uh, those are both in the feed for you guys. Uh, follow us on social media at LockedOnAids on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and the Locker Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get right back into where I left off. Let's put this rotation together with and without Frankie Montas because uh, we already got Mike Fires on the IL. So if Frankie Montas is in the rotation to start the season, then I'd even think about moving Dalton Jeffries or Cole Irvin up to the, th the third spot in the rotation so that you can keep that righty-lefty mix going instead of having Luzardo and Manaya back-to-back. If Montas is in the rotation, I would think it would be Bassett, Luzardo, Dalton Jeffries, Sean Manaya, and then Frankie Montas getting that start against the Dodgers as the fifth starter. Uh, again, one through five doesn't necessarily matter. Sure, you get the opening day start or, you know, the home opener or something like that, but it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. You just want people to be healthy. You want your best pitchers pitching well. And Frankie Montas in the fifth spot doesn't matter overall. Maybe he gets one fewer start, but if having one less start means that he can start most of the games in the season, then I think that that's an overall win for the A's. Uh, so even with Cole's excellent start on Friday, when he went six innings pitched, gave up a single hit on a weird bouncer to first, uh, he walked two, struck out ten. He was amazing on Friday. I do think that his experience working out of the bullpen in the regular season games could come in handy and help eat some innings every few days. So I think that I would put him in the bullpen if Frankie Montas is healthy with Dalton Jeffries being the third starter or just in the rotation in general, because they're both pitching lights out right now. You kind of want to have both of them 
on the squad to start the season while they're pitching really well. Uh, give them a little bit of leash, and if things don't work out, or you know, w- whenever uh, Mike Fires comes back or Frankie Montas comes back, if he's going to miss time, then then you can re- reassess. But I think that you have to start the season with both these guys on the roster on opening day. He'd also, uh, Cole Irvin would be a nice backup option just in case if, you know, Dalton Jeffries falters in his start so that the bullpen doesn't get overworked to begin the season. With injuries potentially on the rise after the shortened season, having Irvin in the pen to gobble up innings here and there could be a nice preventative measure for those injuries that we're expecting this season just because of the weird COVID year last year. So with that all said, he has definitely pitched well enough for rotation consideration too. I just personally think if it's between him and Dalton Jeffries, one gets the bullpen, one gets the rotation. I think that you put Cole Irvin with his experience in the bullpen and Maybe he's just an ace reliever. He's he's the new Josh Hader, obviously. With fewer strikeouts, he's the new Josh Hader. Um, but if Frankie Montas isn't able to start the season in the rotation, then it's likely that both Jeffries and Irvin will start the season in the rotation, at least for one turn while Montas is on the mend until he can pitch again. And Mike Fires shouldn't be too far behind him, so I don't know how long either of them is going to be uh, in the rotation or on the roster, potentially, uh, depending on, you know, the health of both Frankie Montas and Mike Fires. So if Montas is not able to start the season in the rotation, then my rotation would probably go uh, Chris Bassett, Jesus Luzardo, Sean Mania. Uh, those are your three most experienced starters. And then I'd go Jeffries and then Irvin starting against the Dodgers, even though he just faced them. And I know that the Dodgers would have a better plan of attack and, you know, all that stuff. But um, even if he went, you know, five innings, gave up three runs. That's still really good. They could also hit him around a little bit better. But um, I think that Cole Irvin demonstrated that he can handle a big league lineup like the Dodgers, a world champion lineup like the Dodgers have, and uh, roll the dice. See what he's got for, you know, second start against them in two weeks. I want to see it. I, I think that it could be a lot of fun. And my reasoning for having it, my rotation, without Frankie Montas go Bassett, Lozardo, Manaya, and then Jeffries and Irvin, is that it keeps the righty-lefty mix going, which is good. Uh, I, I think that that's important because you want to give the hitters a different look each and every day. Uh, you know, you don't want to have too many of the same release points. Um, I, I don't think that these guys necessarily have the same release points, but it, it switches it up. You don't want to have them looking at the same area as they did the day before. And I mean, if the A's wanted to move Cole Irvin to fourth and have Dalton Jeffries go fifth, I mean, they could do that too, but, and, you know, and double up on lefties and all that stuff, that'd be fine. My only worry with the plan is that Jeffries hasn't had success at the big league level to draw upon, where Cole Irvin has had some success at the big league level, and putting him against the division champions may not be the best at getting his confidence up. This is Dalton Jeffries. Uh, he, he got rocked a little bit by the Texas Rangers, who, not a great team last year, but they have big power bats, and they got to him. Uh, I think that the the Dodgers could be, you know, a tough matchup for him potentially. Uh, he's also looked much different this spring training than he did last year. So he might not even be the same pitcher. I just, I want him to get his feet wet and have that success to build upon when he gets into trouble and when he gets into tough situations. And I don't know that the Dodgers are necessarily the team that you want to do that against. The Astros, I think you can pick them apart. There's enough stuff that the, the A's have enough film on them where they can come up with a good plan of attack for Dalton Jeffries and his repertoire. And uh, I want to see that matchup. And I also trust that Cole Irvin could have a decent amount of success. Maybe not, you know, definitely not what he did on Friday night against the Dodgers, but I think that he could have a nice follow-up performance to that as well. So that's where I'm leaning with my one through five without Montas. And so if Frankie Montas is not in the starting rotation, then 
Cole Irvin and Dalton Jeffries are both in the rotation, then that would leave a spot open in the bullpen according to how I'm putting the roster together too. So the easy choice here would be put Burt Smith in because he's on the 40-man roster. It's easy. Um, then you also got Jordan Weems, who's on the 40-man roster, but he was optioned to Las Vegas last week, so he is not necessarily in the running. I don't think that he's in the running at all. I just wanted to say that he was optioned, and he's not in the running. <laughs> so that's that's my Jordan Weems for uh, for today's episode. Uh, the only other options that I'm seeing here really are Diolas Guerra and Raymond Goodwan, who uh, used to pitch with the Astros. But let's talk about Diolas Guerra first real quick. He's a 31-year-old right-handed non-roster invitee that has thrown five and two-thirds innings so far and has allowed three hits and two walks while striking out 10 this spring. Uh, Raymond Goudouin is a lefty non-roster invitee that has worked eight and a third innings this spring and allowed all of two hits and one walk while striking out five. They've both been pretty solid. It depends on, do you want more strikeouts? Because then Guerra might be your guy. He also has had fewer innings, but, you know, n- no biggie. But if you compare both these guys to Burt Smith, he uh, who has tossed seven and a third innings this spring and has allowed 11 hits, walked one, and six have crossed the plate against him, good for a ERA of 736. Uh, I, I think that by performance, the call goes to either uh, Dealas Guerra or Raymond Goodwan. I don't think that Burt Smith would necessarily be in that conversation, but he is on the 40-man roster, so... Uh, it could be that Burt Smith is going to get DFA'd to clear up a spot on the 40-man roster for either one of these guys, or the A's are going to go with Cole Irvin if Frankie Montas is healthy and move Cole Irvin over to the to the bullpen. So it, those are the, the plates that are in motion right now. There's a lot to work with. Uh, the only option that could be considered to fill in in the bullpen would be A.J. Puck, but he's only tossed three and two-thirds innings this spring, and his velocity has been down from previous marks. And honestly, I think that the best bet would be to let him get some extra seasoning against the Giants at the alternate site before bringing him on up. Uh, he's got one more start coming against uh, over the weekend here, so maybe we'll see you know a few more innings out of him, uh, see if his velocity's up, how he's commanding his pitches, because that was another issue for him in his last start. Um, if he's showing some good stuff, maybe he could be a bullpen option. I still don't necessarily want him in the rotation to start the season just because his arm's not built up for it, and that could kill the bullpen early. And especially going against the Astros and the Dodgers, and then the Astros again, you want a healthy bullpen and a you know a, a rested bullpen for that first week and a half of games against really tough competition. So the goal with Puck, I think, is that when he gets called up, he stays up. So for me, the pick is either Diolas Guerra or Raymond Goodwan, but the A's would have to trim their 40-man roster to get either of those guys on the 40-man roster and get them on the uh, the opening day roster. So the likely option could be Birch Smith or uh, AJ Puck just because they're already on the roster, but maybe they just DFA Birch Smith, see if, put, you know, they, they'd have to put him on waivers. Maybe a team takes a chance on him, but he hasn't been showing us what he showed us last year uh, in his limited innings with the A's before he got injured. So maybe it's time to cut bait on Birch Smith, but also at the same time, Maybe you use Birch Smith and see if he can rebound a little bit in the big leagues because you want to conserve some of that reliever depth if you can, and you don't want to just offer guys up like Birch Smith who may have just had a few rough outings, and then all of a sudden uh, they're not with the organization anymore. So there's a lot going on right now. So if you see Birch Smith on the opening day roster, it's because they want to conserve some of their depth, not necessarily because other guys haven't been pitching better. So uh, keep that in mind. We'll see what happens in the next few days, but this is uh, just... Trying to be informative is all. Uh, we should be getting some answers very soon, one way or another. Hopefully by you know 
the end of game on Tuesday at the very latest. So uh, anyways, coming up, the Astros announced their starting five. So who will the A's be facing in their first two series? I'm going to talk about it. So stay locked in with Locked On A's and I'll be right back. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of their bars. But now, now is the time that we're going to find out which Built Bar is the best because it is time for some more Built Bar madness, people. Today's matchup is a doozy. It is cookie dough chunk against white chocolate birthday cake. I know that this one's going to be very divisive, divisive. Why was I pretentious? Why did I say divisive? Oh man. Anyways, back to Bilt Bar. (laughs) This one's, I have, I have a hot take. I think that it's cookie dough chunk because anything cookie dough related is the winner for me. Almost always that coconut brownie chunk is right up there, but cookie dough in anything Give it to me. Give it to me now. It's covered in 100% chocolate. I want more of it. Um, so yeah, that is my that is my take. I'm going cookie dough chunk for today's winner. Uh, if you differ in opinion or want to support me in my quest to make cookie dough chunk advance, all you got to do is go to builtbar.com or uh, bar underscore built on Twitter. Vote for your favorites. And uh, yeah, that, that's how that goes. And if you're voting on the website, remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order when you go to BuiltBar.com. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the world. The Locked On MLB Division Preview Series continues on Locked On MLB Today. Every episode from now until the 31st features in-depth looks at each team in every division. We just put up the the AL West episode, so check that one out. It went up on Friday. So Locked On MLB, go to Friday. It's the AL West episode. You'll hear my voice. It's a familiar voice. You'll also hear Sully, I think. He's wonderful. So uh, you got all that. It's all up on the Locked On MLB podcast feed right now. And while you're at it, make sure to follow the Locked On MLB podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. And with that, welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, again, please subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review. We we try our best. <laughs> As I told Amelia Schimmel, I'll have to put that in one of these days. Uh, there was a fun part where she was like, hey, do you want me to record this on my phone so that the audio is better? Uh, the radio station had me do it the other day. I was like, no, we're just a bunch of freelancers doing our best. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know how to do any of that. Um, yeah, that, that's my story. That's my Amelia Schimmel story that didn't make it to the episode. So um, anyways, yeah, we're back to the show. Let's talk about the Astros and their rotation to start the season. We already knew that Zach Granke was going to be their starter because he's the best pitcher that they have. Uh, so there's no real surprises on that one. And then coming up after him, we're going to be seeing Christian Javier in game two, Lance McCullers Jr. in game three, and Jose Urquidy in game four. So the fifth spot in their rotation doesn't necessarily matter because they will not be facing the fifth starter. But uh, just so you know more about the Astros, uh, it's basically up for grabs between Brandon Bialik, 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 I'm going to go with Bialik, B-I-E-L-A-K, Belak, Belak. Okay, and uh, also Luis Garcia. I don't know why I spent so much time saying Brandon Belak because according to Jake Kaplan of the Athletic, he thinks that Garcia is getting the nod at the end. So uh, Brandon Belak not making the rotation according to Jake Kaplan. But Jake Kaplan did also have some more words about Jake Odorizzi because uh, if he's 
ready to go when he's ready to come off of the IL, uh, which is like a formality. It's not, he wasn't hurt or anything. It was just like, yeah, we're going to put him on the IL, have the open roster spot for a second. And uh, he would be able to pitch on April 8th, which would be the Astros home opener against the Oakland Athletics. So uh, that could be a thing that we see. And if he does in fact start that game in the first game of the second series with the Astros or the third series for the A's overall, lots of, look at the schedule. It's easy to follow once you do that. Uh, I'm bad with words, which is a weird thing for a podcast, I was to say. But anyways, <laughs> so it'd be uh, Odorizzi and then Javier and McCullers if Odorizzi gets that uh first game in the second series against the Astros. So uh, that's how that would go. I'll go into this in more detail in a second, but uh, let's start looking at the the first series of the season. And let's start with Zag Granke. He started three games against the A's last year and held a 371 ERA. He's going to be going against Chris Bassett. And this one kind of just feels like a four to three game all the way. Um, I, I'm not looking for a one team to bust out and have a huge game or anything like that. And I don't think that anybody's going to necessarily get shut down. So should be a fun one to open up the season. Lots of uh, intrigue in this one. Uh, moving on to game two, though, you got Christian Javier, who had a 788 ERA against the A's in two starts, but he shut down the Oakland offense during the postseason in the division series. Um, Eric Heisman of Locked On Astros, for what it's worth, is predicting big things for Christian Javier in 2021. And I think that his playoff performance, personally, was aided by shadows and the extra three miles per hour on his fastball because he was coming out of the bullpen. So we're going to find out who's right starting in game two of the series. Um, and he's going to be taking on Jesus Lazardo on that one. So... I think that the A's might have an advantage. We'll see. Uh, the third game is going to be between Lance McCullers Jr. and whomever the A's land on for their third starter. It's probably, according to me, either uh, Shamanaya or Dalton Jeffries. They feel like the favorites. Um, it could be somebody else, too. But as for Lance McCullers, in his nine career starts against the A's, he has a 4.04 ERA, and that goes up by nearly a full run when he pitches at the Coliseum. In his postseason start, he went four innings, gave up eight hits and five runs. Only four of those were earned, so I guess he only had a nine ERA in that playoff start. I'm not necessarily worried about Lance McCullers, uh, but... When he's on, he can be really tough. I don't know that he's going to be on because he has not been on at the Coliseum. So hopefully uh, that trend stays and uh, we'll be okay. Finally, the game four matchup in the first series is going to be Jose Urquidy. And I'm just going to throw out Sean and I right now there, right now, because I, I don't know who the fourth starter is going to be. So let's focus on Jose Urquidy. He has started a couple of games against the A's and has pitched pretty well against them so far, giving up three runs and 11 innings. One interesting small sample tidbit is that Urquidy has pitched all of 14 and one third innings in day games, and he has a 565 ERA in those games compared to a 288 ERA at night. So uh, that fourth game it's going to be a one o'clock start. Is it going to play a factor? Sure hope so. Uh, so that's the first series. The second series should be pretty straightforward for the A's once they get their rotation lined up. It'll be their three, four, and five starters going against the Astros in Houston, which uh, is going to be uh, a tough place to play for the, their home opener. Their fans do not like the A's, so uh, it's going to be loud. It's going to be it's going to be exciting, I think. Uh, so depending on how the Astros rotation shakes out, it could be Odorizzi in his Astros debut in that first game. And then you got Javier and McCullers. And McCullers is much tougher when he's pitching at Enron Field. Enron Park, um, I legitimately, Minute Maid, that's the one, not Enron. I legitimately was trying to come up with the name of this without looking it up, and I couldn't. So I was like, Enron, no. Astrodome, no. It, it's Minute Maid. But anyways, he's much tougher when he pitches there. <laughs> so... 
That is roughly what we're going with. We don't necessarily who know who the A's are going to be throwing out for the second series just yet against the Astros, but uh, we have a good idea of who the Astros are going to be throwing out there. It'll either be Javier and McCullers or McCullers and Urquidy with Javier as well, and then they're going to be saving Jake Odorizzi. Uh, we'll see. So uh, with all that, it. I'm ready for baseball, like legit. And coming up next week, I'm going to be getting you guys ready for opening day. I am going to go over so many things. It's going to be lots of fun. We're going to have actual baseball to talk about. Next week is going to be a good one. So uh, get some sleep because it it is going to be a six-month season. We're going to be doing five episodes a week. Uh, So subscribe to the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. Follow us on social media at LockedOnAids on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter and the Locker Room app. If you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And uh, until Monday, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk at you about some baseball, legitimate baseball, very soon.